0: And today, I'm going to talk about church architecture and the, building, the church building itself and why it is so important in the celebration of the Mass. But first, to understand about architecture in general, first we have to understand Christian art in general, right? Because architecture is art. And to understand Christian art we have to understand the mystery of Christ. The mystery of Christ is that what? God became man. Which means that the spiritual became physical. That's really important. That God saw in, in our brokenness that the only way that we can we fully receive him is if he became man. That was the way that we were gonna enter into deep relationship with him. So the word became flesh. And when he became flesh, he sanctified time and space. So that thing that Albert Einstein was studying, God sanctified in Christ. And he also established the way that we encounter him. What's beautiful is, I didn't plan this, but the Holy Spirit did, is that the gospel today, Jesus says to Peter, you are are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. Before you can have a church building, you must have a church. The church, first and foremost, is the body of Christ, the people of God. Brought into the life of Christ by virtue of our baptism. Are any of you uh, here? Or were you here when Father Winky was celebrating Mass in his garage? A few of you, right? So you know this church before it was a church. That original community of people. That's how the church starts. And we can't ever forget that. Even with the physical, physical building, we still have this people. And that's the first way in, in, that we encounter Christ, is in and through the people of God. Secondly, also, is the Eucharist. And so this building becomes a physical manifestation of God's presence in the community and in the Eucharist. Right, that's why we have the place to go to. Because we are physical people and we need places to go to. I'll give you the perfect example. My mom just moved. She can only unpack so much. Um, She's having some physical problems and it is driving her nuts that there are boxes everywhere. And so she needs to get out. She needs to go somewhere that is not the mess that is her house right now. It frustrates me and my sister because she ends up hurting herself <laughs> when she when she goes out uh, or does too much because she's just like, I need to get out, right? Which I totally understand. I'm kind of in the same position. <laughs> I still got boxes everywhere. I need to go out. Like, okay, go we'll get some coffee. Um, but... That idea that we need to go places, like that's that's innate in our human nature. So what God does is He establishes a physical place where one we can encounter Him in community, but even more deeply encounter Him in the Eucharist. So that's why there is a church building in particular. We also need that because we need a place that is consecrated. That word consecrated means set aside. Now, one of the struggles, I think, that, that this parish had is that this place, for a while, was not set aside merely for worship. It would kind of vacillate. One time it would be the church, and then you walk in and you're having lunch. Right? <laughs> Same place you, you were sitting in the pew. <laughs> right? One of the, 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 the great blessing that Father Amal gave you is that he established this place as a consecrated place of worship and worship alone. Such a gift. Like that This is the place that we need for that. And it's, and it's the, the sole purpose of this place is to direct us towards worship to God. It's not anything else. You don't go to church to watch the Saints game. Although you may get a little alcohol, you don't go to drink. Right, it's... It, Furthermore, it takes the natural and makes it supernatural. Right? All of the, 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 as we're going to go through with the rest of the homily, is that each part of the church has some symbolism, has meaning, directs our minds and our hearts to remind us of something beyond this place. And so it takes the natural and sacramentalizes it. Remember, we were talking about sacrament before. Sacrament is an external sign that has an invisible reality that communicates grace. In a certain sense, not in the same sense of like baptism or confirmation or Eucharist, a church has that sacramental quality and that it communicates a truth beyond itself by its symbol. Okay. And finally, it is not ordinary. This place is not completely comfortable. If you don't believe me, ask the person next to you. Going like this, right? That's the other person. You know who? Like, like the seats. Let's be honest. They're not a lazy boy right? The, you know, if especially like if you have a spiny butt, like it's, it's, not, it's not great. I, I don't have that problem, but you know, right? It, 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 they're not comfortable. But that's because this place is not supposed to be the normal, ordinary place. It's supposed to be the place where extraordinary happens. And extraordinary things are not always comfortable, Ask Michael Jordan when he had the flu and won the, the finals, the NBA finals. Ask, you know, any, any athlete, any businessman who has achieved a lot, it wasn't because they were comfortable that they achieved those things. It's precisely because they weren't afraid to be uncomfortable. Because they knew that there was something beyond that. So that's why the church has established for communities to have places to worship. So let's look at the building itself. We're going to start at the beginning, right? So, right, you have the doors of the church. You enter into the church, keeping you guessing, right? Enter into the church, and the first thing that you do is what? Holy water, right? The holy water is a reminder of our baptism, but here's the cool thing. The whole structure of the church is reminiscent of the structure of the temple in Jerusalem that was destroyed. Right when uh, if the, the structure of the temple outside was the altar of sacrifice where they would burn the animals and they would cut their throats and blood would go everywhere. That's why it needed to be outside. And then r- after that, there was something called the, the, the laver where the priests would wash their hands and their feet before they enter into the temple. By virtue of your baptism, you are made priest. So that is a reminder that you have entered into Christ. And this, this whole building is a symbol of Christ in some sense. And so the, bat, the, the holy water is this reminder that you're walking back in to Christ cool, right, okay, right, then we have this space, this space is called the nave, I don't know why, but it is, this is, and and you know what's really weird, pews are a rather new thing in the history of the church, they're only about maybe 400 years old, before there weren't any pews. There were multiple masses going on at the same time in bigger churches and smaller churches. They would just kind of stand and then they would kneel, right? There was no like comfortable kneelers. <laughs> oh man, that sucks. Uh, anyway, move on, right? So you had this space, right? This, uh, the, the temple, when they built the temple and they, and they adorned the temple, they made the temple this image of the whole cosmos, the whole of creation. Right, and so where you are, where you're seated, is sort of like the ordinary life of creation. Now it's beautiful, one of the things that, that Father Immal did when he when he made this a church is that he moved the sanctuary from there to there. This is a rhetorical question, but do you know why? Because it faces east. The rising sun. Which the early church saw as a symbol of Christ coming at the end of time. Right? And where do you walk out of? In the west. The setting sun. Right? Because you're being sent out into the midst of the world that, let's be honest, doesn't have a light, a lot of light in it. The very building itself is directed in that way to remind us. Also, some of the things that are usually in the nave of the church are images, holy images. We have the statues of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We have some images over here of the, blessed, the Stations of the Cross. All of these holy images are to remind us that not only have we walked into Christ, but in a sense, we've walked into heaven, symbolized right before us. In all of its majesty and all of its glory. Now, because of our sin, we cannot see it. Our senses are veiled. But just because our senses are veiled doesn't mean it is not true. And then we have this space right here, which, in connection to the temple, right. So after you had the you had a. a the, the priest would go into the temple, and there was this space that had the menorah. You know the menorah for, for Hanukkah? Right? The, the seven candles. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The seven candles. And in that place where the menorah was, was a table. And on that table was what was called the bread of the presence and, and the wine of the presence and it was a symbol of God's presence, right? Even even all the way back then, God was preparing the Jewish people for the coming of the Eucharist, right? That was a symbol before. Now it's not just a symbol, but it is also reality. And then you would pass through that into the altar of incense. You would go through a, a curtain, and you would enter the altar incense. And the priest would go into the altar of incense once a day and offer incense, which was a symbol of, of the prayers rising up to heaven. And then inside of that, the priest would go in once a year during the Day of Atonement and sprinkle blood on the Ark of the Covenant, which was the symbol of God's presence. And they would tie a rope around the priest because if you saw God, you would die. And so they needed a way to pull him out if he saw God, <laughs> right? That's what the sanctuary is. Notice, this is the sanctuary, not the altar. Sanctuary. Altar. Sanctuary. Altar. It's very confusing. Sometimes, like, let's go up to the altar. Like, no, that would be, you would have to jump up on top of the, the altar. That would not be cool. And uh, I would be impressed. Um, so, Okay. And this is the Holy of Holies. This is where God comes to earth. This altar is a symbol of the cross. That's why if you notice at the beginning and at the end of Mass, I kiss it as this act of veneration. Notice when the the lectors come up, when the altar servers come up, when I come up, we're all directed here. Here because this is the act, this is where the action takes place and we're brought in to like the heavenly glory into the heavenly majesty of course the crowning point being the tabernacle in which god is truly really and substantially present body blood soul and divinity Notice, all of you are facing the same direction. We're all facing towards the rising sun, right, why? So that our hearts and our communal direction is all in the same way. That's why, for those of you who are old enough who remember when the priest would celebrate the old mass, his back would be to the people. It wasn't because he didn't like the people, right? He had the back to his people so that everybody was facing the same direction worshipping God. Yeah. It wasn't an act of defiance. It was an act of deeper communion. When you read the book of Revelation and it describes the heavenly liturgy, it talks about the throne that God sits upon. Now, I'm not God. I, I have no delusions of that. Just want you to know. No, no delusions of God. But the symbol of that is this chair. Right? This, this throne of glory. And while he's seated on the throne, a book is opened and is read before all in the heavenly kingdom. To hear the glory and of what God has done. So what we have here in this church is this like microcosm, this small, little, tiny physical heaven. That's why I encourage like conversation to be minimal. because many of those conversations are, are not about anything. Or if they are, um, they, they, they don't allow for that to go deep. This is this opportunity for us to be in communion together, in worship and glory and majesty. Now some of you maybe haven't played with your imagination in a long time but I invite you in this last part I invite you to be like a child when you come in the church a child is able to see things by their imagination they're able to see things that normal people are not able to see why? because they let their imagination go And if we allow our imagination, which is informed by the truth of the church and informed by the liturgy that we pray, it can be opened up, then we can see the majesty and the glory of what is happening. The last thing I want to show you, right, is that if this is the symbol of the cross, notice when you go out today, I want you to turn back around. Some of you are not going to be able to see it because these doors aren't tall enough. But up above this door is a symbol of the risen Christ, is, a, is an image of the risen Christ, right? So we get to experience the fullness of the mystery of God, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And we're sent out into the life of the resurrection, into new life as we walk out the door. So I invite you, even though you, know, you might be seeing somebody, you might be you know, shaking my hand or whatever, don't forget to look up. And let yourself be reminded, like, I'm, I am leaving in the glory and the power and the resurrection of Christ. It helps you to not get angry when somebody cuts you off in the parking lot. <laughs> so, that's it. that's it. Thank you. This building is glorious. If we allow our imaginations, to be open to the wonder and majesty of what God is doing, it'll become this holy place. Or you could become even more so, this holy place. So I invite you, as we celebrate the rest of this liturgy, Like, don't be afraid to look around. See all these images all these different things, to pay attention to all of these physical objects because each one of them, my vestments, the bells, the statues, the chalice veil, the flower, all of that is pointing towards something else. It's not art for the sake of art. It's art to bring us out of ourselves towards God.